Straight Talk Wrestling fans. Your host, George Kime in the building. I'm here with my cohort in crime, Steve the Animal Mitchell. Hey, what's going on, Straight Talk Wrestling fans? What's going on is this. Episode 77. We've uh, pushed off some of our interviews that will be dropping in the next couple weeks. Because this was an episode that we felt we needed to discuss. This was an episode we had planned, actually, I want to say roughly six months ago. Yeah. Six, seven months ago. I want to say sometime around October, November, we discussed this as a possible concept. Yeah. But it was more of a deconstructing of the character. But now we've decided that there was a reason why we didn't do it then and we're doing it now. Because the timing just seems so logically right. And maybe it's just because we have an epic crystal ball. Or because we actually know our shit. Which is why people tune in every week. Yeah. We, uh, we knew that this was something that was coming. There was something percolating. We saw it back in October. We knew that the New Day needed to separate, dissolve, and move forward. So hence the title of this episode is The Kofi Kingston Saga. We're going to break down everything that's going on right now with Kofi Kingston. Kind of clear the air and kind of make people understand that this is not a new storyline. This is a storyline that's been done twice before. Once rather recently with a very different wrestler. And once... 20 years ago with another different wrestler storylines have been done a little differently each time but the points are exactly the same so without further ado we'll get into it we'll break down the points and then we'll kind of go a little back and forth open discussion because as we were having our pre-meeting as we always do outside before the show we were discussing already i can see different points of view here so it's going to be a good one totally Nothing will get heated, nothing will get, you know, it never does, but there's going to be a a couple of different points, but I think at the end of it all, both of us will have learned something, and maybe our listeners will have learned something from this. And ultimately, (laughs) if you're in heated debates with your friend about wrestling, you watch too much wrestling. That's really what it comes down to. We watch too much wrestling. You just watch way too, if you're getting in a, if (laughs) if you're literally like yelling at your buddy because you just have to let him know about the thing that's going on with wrestling, you watch too much wrestling. That's what that means. But we appreciate the people that watch too much wrestling because (laughs) they take the time to listen to us every week. And we are always so grateful and so appreciative. So uh, I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready, man. Well, then let's get into it. Yeah. So Kofi Kingston, right now this man has officially punched his ticket to WrestleMania. Thanks in no short help from his Coca Padres in the New Day, which this past Tuesday on SmackDown, they ran the gauntlet for him. They won. He punched his ticket. Really cool moment at the end of it. Everyone from the roster, SmackDown side of things, came out. Kind of give a little clap to Kofi. It was a cool moment. As a wrestling fan, you appreciate those moments. Totally. The shared respect in the locker room. Me, I'm a big fan. I know you're a big fan of shared respect. We posted not too long ago from the Blackcraft pay-per-view when Big Mike and the other gentleman whose name's escaped me right now, they had a barn burner at that pay-per-view. And at the end of it all, they, they shook each other's hands and they showed that mutual respect. Yeah. Which is one thing I love in all sports. Not just our sport. All sports. Yeah. When you can see a goalie and a, a, or two, two players shake hands, you can see two basketball players embrace, two football players embrace, you know, congratulations. Two UFC guys, you two UFC. to each other yeah, the whole go, time. Go and five rounds and then other big hug a little the bit of a mutual, that mutual yeah. respect is a huge thing in sports. Yeah. And we appreciate that. And our sport is no different than anybody else's sport. There is mutual respect and admiration. So it was a great moment. Uh, excuse my, uh, my voice, I'm a little raspy, fighting a cold, our up and down Canadian weather. It was 11 earlier today, now it's like minus three again. Yeah, you're a man for fighting it out, for, for, for doing the podcast today, quite that's, frankly. That's what we do. Right. We, we rain, sleek, snow, much like the Postal Service, we are always there every Friday at 7.30. <laughs> so, yes, back to the topic here, Kofi Kingston. So again, special moment this past Tuesday, 
But there were moments leading up to it where people questioned a lot of things. There was the very weird uh, segments that took place at uh, the past pay-per-view, Fastlane, which we weren't sure what was happening when Vince McMahon said, okay, yeah, you're going to be part of the triple threat. Then he had the bar go out there and, and whoop Kofi's butt in a two-on-one handicap match. Yeah. And then there were, you know, the gauntlet match that he had to run on SmackDown when he fought six guys two weeks ago, burned it through the ground, and then he had to fight a seventh guy in Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And he ended up losing that match after literally wrestling in the ring for utmost of almost an hour. Yeah. So, you know what? You're scratching your head. You're going, what's going on? And right off the bat, because we are in an ultra-sensitive time period in the world, the 2000s have... 2000 and... I want to say 15 to now have been nothing short of uber-sensitivity. Everybody's sensitive. Everybody's focusing on this, that, and the other. And everybody's automatically very quick to jump to a conclusion before really understanding. Yeah. And the conclusion that's coming out of all this right now is that the WWE is racist. Is the WWE Here racist? Here we go again. Is, <laughs> is the WWE racist? This is a question I'm not going to answer because I don't think it needs to be answered. If the WWE was racist, there would not be any athletes of any different ethnicity, not just one, any different ethnicity in the company. Exactly. And there is multiple. Exactly. There is Europeans. There is Russians. There is a uh, gentleman from Switzerland, Ireland. There is African Americans. They wouldn't have had Roman Reigns headlining WrestleMania for the last four years. He is like, Samoan. He is full blown. He's not American. He well, he is American, but he's Samoan. Yeah. Uh, there's Italians. There's. I mean, the list goes on and on. Yeah, exactly. There is literally every ethnicity. So if a, if a company was to be racist, everybody would be one ethnicity, and they are not. Yeah. There's a shared heritage. At the end of the day, they're all American. Yeah. That's what we have to remember. And let's face it, there's been like tons of. Vinnie Mac going on, going on whatever interview you you can really think of uh, to talk about even Cesaro, even saying that Cesaro's character and when he won the the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, everybody thought he was going to move up and he was Paul Heyman guy and then he was going to move up and then Vinnie Mac came out to only talk about it on Steve Austin podcast months later to talk about his accent and the fact that I think there's an, I think there's an ethnicity barrier here I think it. There's a, a there's a, an, an indifference in being able to talk to another human being and be able to actually understand exactly what's what is being portrayed here and have somebody to be able to actually invest into that character and unfortunately, those are some of the reasons why there's specific reasons why certain individuals do not get the pushes and do not get the chances and it's it's been very well but documented. But it's not always the, the case why. though, right? Because not you can always look, you the can case. look at Oscar. Exactly. Oscar has held a major title since coming up from NXT. She is, while well, she lost this past Tuesday to Charlotte Flair, which is another head scratcher because Charlotte Flair is fighting Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch in the main event at WrestleMania, which they announced on Facebook and in a poster. Put her in two matches, and now you got the women, you know, really, really up there when it comes and to it's the, great. The, it's the great. main eventness of the pay per view. It's great, but you know what I got out of all that, Steve? You know what I got out of all of it was that, well, first off, poor, the same thing that poor, I did. poor promotion on their part for putting it in a Facebook post. But regardless of that, yeah. right off the bat, instead of saying, wow, the women are really stepping up, I got, oh, oh, white girl, blonde hair, two matches. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> come on, guys. Come on. Let's let's just all let's put it all to the side for a second. Nobody's saying your opinion should not be heard or respected. We're just saying let's look at things a little clearly. Let's pull through all the smoke in the mirrors. Do your research. Do your fact finding. Do what we do on this show every week. 
we don't yeah. just come on a show and talk about it. No, we there's days and weeks sometimes of research that goes into everything we do here. Feeling like we're watching entirely <coughs> too much wrestling a lot of the time, but loving every minute of it. But we are. We got to do the research. We, for we you are. Guys. We are watching we way too much sure wrestling. It's, it's research. <coughs> but it's, it's fun. It's fun to, to, yeah. to sit back and watch all this wrestling and go back and look at matches that you haven't done. Well, we interview people. We want to make sure we're interviewing people in the right forms of fashion, not just throwing out things that we know nothing about. So, in that term, when you're going to make a, a comment or a post on Facebook, A, be prepared for backlash because there's always trolls out there, and B, be prepared to understand that you may be, in fact, wrong. Your opinion yeah. has a right to be heard, but guess what? Every opinion can be wrong. And I, I, I can't stress this enough. So, yeah, Vinnie Mac came out, Stone Cold Podcast, upwards of what, I think about a year ago now, a year and a half ago. Yeah, it was probably about a year and a half ago. And he taught, I remember exactly what you're talking about, he talked about Cesaro and the language barrier, and there is a language barrier there, there is 100%, but sometimes in certain aspects, a, a, a star can outshine no matter what language they speak. A no, perfect exactly. example would be Asuka. They haven't really used her in the right way, but the fact is, they let her run a division for upwards of 65 days. A decent-sized title run for the first major title that she's held on the main roster. Mm -hmm. They also let her have an undefeated streak in NXT for a year plus. So sometimes, a language barrier can be broken just by how amazing the star is. And nobody's knocking Cesaro in any aspect, but the star's not there for him. Cesaro's a yeah. mid-card player, and I think he's comfortable in the role. He's a mid-card player. Will Cesaro ever be a WWE champion? I don't know. I don't know. If you asked me five years ago if I thought Kobe Kingston would have been a WWE champion, the answer would have been, I don't know, because I don't know. Yeah. I don't have a crystal ball. But what I do know is, is that Kobe Kingston has held singles titles before. Yes, in the last five plus years, it's been all about the tag team division. Because they put him in a division that was stagnant and boring, and they actually needed people to have exciting matches. And I believe that the Usos and the New Day need all the credit in the world for reinventing, or sorry, not reinventing, my apologies, reinvigorating a division that was very stagnant and they actually put tag team on the main roster kind of in the forefront again yeah so i have to say kudos to them because the new day took a shitty idea from a shitty writing department and they made it great yeah those three guys made it fantastic do i want them to break up yes because they all have bright futures as singles wrestlers on their own do i and love the new more. day for everything they are 100 percent but everything needs to go. The Freebirds didn't last the Freebirds forever. Yeah. Freebirds broke up. And Michael Hayes had a, had, a, had, a, had a singles wrestling career. It was horrible, but he had one. And there's already, there's a bunch of people already <coughs> kind of jumping the gun and saying, if Kofi wins, at, when Kofi wins at Mania, then they're probably going to, they're probably going to bring up the, the Freebird, um, what's called, uh, the, the, the Freebird rules. So every single time that they go in and win the title or they fight for the title, then one of them is going to get to defend it. A different member of the New Day is going to get to defend it. And no, like, if Kofi wins dude, at WrestleMania, he's going on his own. It's yeah. A, it's a singles it's, run it's for a reason. got to go on his own, 100%. So let's let's just break down on some of the aspects of the research that we've done, the research that we found. I want to rewind back to November 1998. It was a good year. Yeah. 98 was a good year. I was 15. I had the world at my fingertips. I think I got to third base with my girlfriend at that time. It was a pretty big deal for me. I was excited. I was Not... watching wrestling and I was watching Dawson's Creek at the same time. Dawson's Creek. Can yes. you name all the can you can you name all the characters off the top of your head? Not right now. Too tired. But um, yeah, I can I, name two of them off the top of my well, head: Paisley and Dawson. Paisley and Dawson, of course. That's but, it. Uh, 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 Joey. Um, um, Michelle. Michelle. The smoking hot teacher. Yeah. 
Uh, that was pretty much. Well, those were the four. Yeah, those were, oh, and her brother. We were I Kevin. What the Kevin. smoking hot teacher's name was though. Smoking hot teacher. Yeah. <laughs> Leave that in the comment section if you yeah. can remember who the smoking hot teacher. Smoking was hot teacher Dawson's Creek. Creek. But yeah, you know, '98 was a good year. But let's let's rewind to yeah. a particular date in '98. Let's rewind to November second, 1998, Monday Night Raw edition. That sounds like that has something to do with uh, the Rock. It does. You would be right. You would be 100% right, sir. It does. That's something to do with The Rock fighting Kem Shamrock for the Intercontinental title. But, oh, just as the match is about to happen, Vince McMahon rolls out in his wheelchair. And Vince McMahon says to The Rock that you are currently the number one contender for the WWE Championship. If you do not win the Intercontinental Championship tonight, you will forego your number one contendership for the WWE title. Uh, the Rock ends up winning the match by disqualification from Ken Shamrock, but therefore not getting the title. So unfortunately, he is no longer number one contender. And at that time, they were having a tournament for the yep. belt. It was actually Survivor Series Mind Games. Yeah, they were grooming. They were simultaneously doing a storyline at that time, if I'm not mistaken, of grooming mankind and making mankind the the corporate champion and literally they were starting they, they were, were starting to they were starting to and swerving everybody with the making mankind came out in a suit a, got a haircut manicures pedicures yeah, yeah, yeah. and like the the the, the 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 classy looking mankind yeah he was actually the hardcore champion at the time he was defending that belt it wasn't 24 yes. 7 at that time but he was defending it yeah he was the hardcore champion so the let's let's now fast forward a little bit to one week later november 9th 1998 the rock has uh, now, at this point, is fighting for his professional career. He has a match with Mark Henry, the main event of that Monday Night Raw, and if he does not win the match, he will uh, be unemployed. Halfway through Raw, The Rock cuts a really great, classy Rock promo. You go back and watch it, exclusively on the WWE Network, for $9.99 a month. Oh, I uh, thought it was $9.98. Nine ninety eight now maybe it is I'm not sure maybe they dropped it a cent it's for a price anyways it's under ten bucks it's for the fans They're it's for the fans it. it's for one cent they dropped it for the fans for the fans awesome it's classy <laughs> WD stay classy they're classy um, so after he cuts the promo he ends up getting attacked and he's in his dressing room McMahon comes in and says oh I don't know if you're gonna make it to the ring tonight Rock you better start looking in the papers for a job tomorrow you know Snickers does his McMahon thing and rolls away because he's still in the wheelchair then that point in the match, at the end of the night, we get the main event. D'Lo Brown's music hits. He walks out, shakes his head. Mark Henry follows. Sexual chocolate music. Everybody's excited. McMahon's at ringside. He's waiting for The Rock. Waiting for The Rock. Just as they start to do the 10 count. One, two, three. About five or six, The Rock's music hits. He stumbles out. He's hurt. He's still not 100%. But he goes in. He has a match. He has a match with Mark Henry. Couple near falls here and there. Blah, blah, blah. He ends up winning. Roof blows off the place. McMahon gets out of his wheelchair. Oh my God, he can walk. Walks up to the ring. Big Boss Man gets in. There's a tussle. Big Boss Man gets handcuffed to the turnbuckle. And then it's a rock of McMahon alone. Leaving the rock to, to give a good old rock bottom and a people's elbow to Vince McMahon right before storming out of the ring. Fast forward then to that Sunday, November 15th. Survivor Series. If you know your history, you know how this goes. Rock ends up winning the championship in a very weird fashion. And the following Monday, November 16th, The Rock comes out as the corporate champion. Yes, the corporation was officially formed November 16, 1998. That's one version of the storyline where inspiration from the Kofi Kingston saga was taking place. You back a wrestler into a corner. 
You make it near impossible odds, yet he fights through the impossible odds, finds a way, punches his ticket. Granted, Survivor Series WrestleMania, two different aspects of a storyline, but still, nonetheless, The Rock became the champion. Unless we all forget, The Rock is half African-American. He's not full-blown Samoan. He's half African-American. His father was African-American. So, Rocky Johnson. Again, if you know your history, you know this already. I don't have to explain it to you. So, The Rock is a, uh, was, multiple-time WWE champion. I'm just going to leave it at that because a lot of people are talking about how they'll never put a, uh, you know, an African-American as the forefront of the company. Again, not true. It's happened before. It hasn't happened in a long time, but it has happened before. Yeah. Uh, and then let's fast forward to, uh, what do you think about this, Steve? Let's fast forward to just after Royal Rumble, uh, right around the time around WrestleMania 30. WrestleMania 30. I, and was, who, just, who, I was just thinking that who after. Do you, who do you think I'm talking about, Steve? Which wrestler comes to mind when Brian, we talk about... Brian Daniel or Daniel Bryan? Daniel Bryan, yeah. yeah. He, he had a movement. What was it called? Yeah, it was that Yes, yes movement. movement. And That's like right. The, and, and the authority and how he had to... Oh, and the authority and would be much he, like a corporation, would you not say? And to fight against the odds, against the authority and the corporation to eventually... And I would totally agree with that. And the fact that it's just this, this storyline that's been done to death. For so long of this uh, fight the authority and eventually you you keep getting beat down by the authority over and over and over again. And or if you want end, to say, quoting, get beat down by, quote unquote, the man. Yeah, and then in right? the end, maybe get the payoff for a little bit. And then with The Rock, it was a different story because, because he went heel. going heel. He went heel. He went, yeah. heel. He went and, from face to heel. So different. And different. it was at the beginning of his career. It wasn't like Daniel Bryan where he won the belt. And then it was pretty obvious that it was like, okay, you're going to win the belt. And then you have to like, you have to go get neck surgery, dude. Like your neck is destroyed. Whereas The Rock had a full career and had a full everything going for him. Kofi Kingston is 45 years old, and Kofi Kingston has been around this business for the last 15 years. Um, and you know what? Before I even go into any of my, because it's it, it, well, it's, let me it's, let it's, me finish. It's 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 a, it's, a, it's kind of a thing. So I'll just go. I'll go into that a little bit later on. It's kind of a thing. It's kind of a thing. It's a thing. It's a big deal. So, so I'll leave that for later. So to talk about Daniel Bryan, just to fast forward, we have yes. the whole taking over the ring that happened on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Then we have Daniel Bryan. Triple H comes out, cuts a promo much like Vince McMahon, and then Triple H says, "Okay, you want it, you got it. WrestleMania 30, you beat me, you get in the main event. We'll make the main event a triple threat if you could beat me." Yeah. Fast forward to WrestleMania 30. Opening match: Triple H, Daniel Bryan. They go yeah. out. They have a great match. An absolute. I wouldn't say a barn burner match tonight, but they had a decent match. Great match. And sure enough, Triple H, as he does, has a huge losing record at WrestleMania. Loses. Daniel Bryan makes his way to the main event. The main event against Randy Orton, Batista, for the title. At the time, the current champion, I believe, was Randy Orton at the time. Yes. Triple threat match against all odds. Daniel Bryan finds a way to win. Becomes a new champion, and then WrestleMania 30 is officially known as Yeslemania. Yeah. (coughs) Time it happens. So, the storylines may be a little different, but inspiration from each of these storylines was taken into the Kofi Kingston storyline. You, again, put a man in impossible odds. A man who's literally, like Steve said earlier before he goes on his epic rant, 15 years in the business. Also, uh, two-time Intercontinental Champion. I want to throw that out there. A lot of people may not know that. Singles title actually debuted. uh, First time we all actually got to see him was at Night of the Champions, 2011. Yeah, he ended up. Uh, we ca- he came out. I remember this clearly. He came out. I was like, "Who's this guy? I don't know anything about this guy." Uh, he came out and he won the Intercontinental Title. Yeah, he went on a, a good three, three and a half month run. 
before he lost it. Two-time Intercontinental Champion. That's a singles title, right, Steve? Yeah, and that's that a singles also, title. And also at the exact same time, uh, that was back then when uh, the Intercontinental title, let's just say that the Intercontinental title wasn't exactly at the caliber of where, where it's at today. It was very, very floaty, and it was very... There was really no meaning behind it. It wasn't like if you get this, you're moving anywhere up. It's really just I, like I still want to say even now it's not. We're just going to leave this on you until the next guy takes it. Yeah, kind of I, I even want, I want to say it even now. It's not. It's not really the workhorse title. I mean, the Miz has done wonders trying to bring it back to the forefront. But let's be honest, it's not. It's not the title it was in the '80s and the early '90s. It's yeah. not. And and even even still, like you could tell with with Rollins last year when Rollins won the title. Last year, won the Intercontinental title last year. You could tell that there was still meaning behind it after it went with Miz, and Miz brought that pristine back to it of the workhorse title. Even though, let's face it, Miz hasn't moved to a, a main event. Wrestle, but he does have a program. He's running with Omega, and that's a pretty big deal. Exactly. You run a program with McMahon, it's a big deal. It's a big program. Big program. There's never. He's not going to be running ever. Not running in a big program. And then eventually, he will get his title run. He will. will. He He will. He he will get the little title. And I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait for it. It's going to be great. So he did that and legitimized the IC title back again. I'll give you that. I I will agree. Where Rollins, he lost it, and it's been this hot potato with, 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 with Bobby Lashley and. <laughs> I'm, not even gonna, I'm not even going to get into that. I think this, what they're doing with it now is completely irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. But the point is, back then with Kofi Kingston, because this is an episode about Kofi Kingston, is the fact that uh, back then that's that's really what it came down to. Was it was all about uh, it was this little blue title that was just not really little meaningful in any way, and it was uh, it was it was very not vindicated until Chris Jericho came into the picture and started winning it. Right, and then Jericho kind of brought it to the forefront. Then you had guys like Miz, Dolph Ziggler, guys really run yes. with it. Uh, but again, it, you're right. At the time period, it wasn't a great title, but still, singles singles run nonetheless. Still, though, it was a single singles run nonetheless. Never multiple tag multiple tag multiple tag team titles. I mean, held belts again. If you did your research, you would know. Uh, CM Punk held titles with um, Evan Bourne. Uh, held titles, uh, well, obviously, multiple time title with the New Day. I think four or five title runs now with the New Day, but the yeah, longest uh, tag uh, team title run in uh, wrestling history. Yep. They hold that record. So kudos again, kudos to them. Yep, up your they, five-time champs and they, feel the power. They literally uh they literally um let them run with it for 400 almost 500 days. Yeah. So and in this day and age it's very rare that you get title runs like that. You're lucky if you get 5-6 months. Yeah. Unless you're Brock Lesnar, but I'm not going to go there. Right. This is an episode about Kofi Kingston, not Brock Lesnar. I I will never do another episode about Brock Lesnar. <laughs> we did one already and it was horrible. But regardless of the fact, however you want to see it, and we talked about this a little bit outside, you touched on um, where this whole storyline began, which was Elimination Chamber. Uh, we all know Mustafa Ali was supposed to be in that match, yeah. but he was injured, so Kofi Kingston slid into his spot. Why was that done? Um, just give me the short answer. Don't go into the rant yet, but I'm just asking curiosity. Out of all the guys in SmackDown, why was Kofi Kingston given Mustafa Ali's spot? Do you, have a, do you have an answer on that or an inkling on why Just that happened? Be, because of the match that took place the week before. That he was obviously super hot and he ran the gauntlet. He had run the gauntlet the week before. And um, I... Oh yeah, that was to see who was going to get into the chamber in the first... I believe that's what the gauntlet was actually for. Who was going to get into the chamber. Kofi wins and he goes for like an hour. Everybody loses their mind. Because they're impressed. They're exactly. impressed. 
And so this match comes about, this gaunt, this gauntlet match comes about very simply, and that's the short form version of it. The gauntlet match comes comes about because Mustafa Ali gets injured, Kofi runs for an hour, and everybody loses their mind, and so obviously... Well, because it was impressive. I yeah. mean, you gotta... You, anybody that can last in a wrestling ring for an hour, totally. you gotta give it up for them. You and, got to. And straight up, what I believe, genuinely, and this is the only last thing, the little tidbit I want to touch on, is the fact that uh, that wasn't even Kofi's spot. That was originally supposed to be for Mustafa Ali's spot. He was supposed to run for that hour he was going to run the gauntlet run for that hour impress the crap out of everybody and literally do exactly what kofi just did it was just the roles were just so what you're saying is, is that this storyline was built around mustafa ali not yes. kofi kingston completely okay we'll get into that a little we'll bit later get into in the that show. later on absolutely so he does that goes to the elimination chamber has a decent match now again mind you we we know more about the business than the more average fan and not taking that away from anybody but we just and uh, running this show now for a year and a half plus our knowledge has grown astronomically to where we understand a lot more about the business than we probably should just based yeah. on all the research and everything we've done and all the great episodes and statistics we've thrown out and stats which is why you guys tune in every week and again we appreciate the listenership but um the fact is is that <coughs> it was from a fan's point a great match it was a decent in a very subpar pay-per-view, it was probably match of the night. Yeah. Did Kofi have uh, all to do with it? No. There were five other performers in that ring that also had special spots. Yeah. But you can't take away from the way you know Kofi told that story. Coming that close, Brian retains. Then at the end, have the New Day come out on the stairs. Man, you were this close. You almost had it. It was a moment. Yeah. They, they did make you feel something. They made oh, you yeah. feel something. Totally. Um, you know, I see it for what it is, and from a fan's perspective, as I felt something. In that moment, I marked out a little bit. And when I mark out a little bit, I will say that they, they did their job. They sold me well enough of the story to where I believed. And that's the whole point of wrestling. That's the whole point of storylines. Yes, it is a soap opera, but you got to believe. you got to be invested in the story. So I guess at that point, I became invested in the story. <coughs> and you, sir... Saw it from the different perspective, where you went back and you rewatched it earlier today again, doing research, preparing for the show, and you did not see it from that perspective. I, I kind of did the night of. I, I did the night of. You marked out, I, but I when did. you go back and you rewatch it and you study it from the mind you have now, yeah, you didn't see it for what it was. But admit it, that night watching it live, you marked out. No, absolutely, and you that felt was, something, and, and that was before my understanding also of the whole Mustafa Ali and really like I didn't get it I didn't understand what was going on and I wasn't quite sure what was happening with all of that uh, other than the fact that now Kofi Kingston is in this match and okay so let's see what Kofi can do and going back into going back to watch it again um, knowing that there was a quite frankly a better performer that would have been in there knowing that there would have very very simply put um, did absolutely nothing special whatsoever. Um, the, the, I, I think uh, Jeff Hardy doing a swanton off the top of the the uh, uh, off the, the Madison Square Garden, the, the, uh, the ramp at WrestleMania that we're talking about. No, actually, just off the top of one of the chamber the chambers itself. Was oh, the just, moment in the match. Yeah, for just sure. doing that itself was almost a more impressive. I could, I could, I could literally pick out a a cooler moment from what was going on with all the other competitors compared to what was going on with Kofi Kingston. Right. Um, right. They all had their moment. And that's the great thing about the elimination chamber. It does give everybody that little moment to shine. Yeah. But a lot of people's attention were focused on Kofi just because but they were a lot of people's attention were really focused on Kofi. Just, Kingston just be, and, 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 and just because I think, um, 
it, it, it just had that special feel. It's like, hold on, man. They're, this guy's been around for 15 years, and they're giving him a shot. Okay, granted, somebody got injured. He took somebody's spot. But that's what the business is about at totally. the end of the day. And that's it's all about I, opportunity. And that's what I want to get into later. And what I think will kind of really help everybody really, truly understand, um, quite frankly, the stupidity of what's all going on here. But I want to get into that a little bit later. Obviously, like we, we have a little bit more to get to. I'd like for you to have the floor to, to, to talk just really about just where your thoughts are on Kofi and how you're feeling about where all this is going and just, you know, all, all that. Well, you know what? Uh, just to kind of cut it up short here and, and break it down as it is. So after the Elimination Chamber, we have the gauntlet match. He's almost close. Doesn't quite make it. Uh, we go to fast lane and he should have been in the match, but he took it away. They brought Kevin Owen in. Kevin Owen signs a contract. Owen's now fighting Bryant. Then at fast lane, McMahon says, okay, you know what? I'll put you in the match, but then he screws him with the bar. Yeah. Then he goes back and runs another gauntlet. Uh, lasts over an hour. Beats six guys. Has to fight Daniel Bryant. Loses. Yeah. Now his cards are crushed. New Day skip was still bugging Mitch McMahon. You got one more shot. You guys got to run the gauntlet. They do. They win. He punches his ticket. Yeah. It's a special moment. You mark out. You believe. You're like, holy shit. It's the underdog. It's great. Did you see it four years ago? Yeah, sure. Fucking right you did. Did you see it 20 years ago? And he eventually became a heel? Yeah, sure. Fucking right you did. Absolutely. You did. But it's a different so, guy now. But it's, it's a different, different guy. It's a different time. And it's special because you know what? He's a 15-year vet. So it's not like somebody at the beginning butt of his career, like The Rock or Daniel Bryant, who's just at the, at the sole plex of popularity. Like Daniel Bryant was the PG-13 Stone Cold Steve Austin, if you will. He had that same popularity. Basically. He had a whole building. Like Stone Cold would have a whole building, you know, sticking up their middle fingers or eventually chanting, What? Near yeah. the end of his career, which is kind won't. of a reception for a person that if you missed it while that was going on, then like you're, it's not going to even feel quite the same going back in. It's not going to even going back and rewatching it. You're not going to feel the same. Yeah, it's not exactly. Be the same. Exactly. And you know what? That's that. So now we've wrapped up the storyline. We've tightened it, and I'll I'll share the floor, and then you got the floor. Um, well, we'll, we'll limit these to maybe ten minutes each. I think that's about a fair sure, assessment. That's totally I don't funny. even think I'm going to hit ten. Me neither. But um, you know what? It is what it is, and this is where I stand on this point. Uh, 15 year vet, an opportunity slides into a spot when somebody's been injured. Kudos to right timing, right place, and that's where Kofi Kingston was. He was in the right place at the right time. Uh, did he earn the spot? Now up to this point, yeah, he sold the storyline well enough for where it's believable. And if you're a true fan of the business and you believe in the underdog and you just love those storylines, you're gonna get hooked, line and sinker every time. That's what the business does. Mm -hmm. That's what the business does for us. That's why we keep going back. Does every fan in WWE bitch about something, one thing or another? Absolutely. Yeah. Does every fan go on the internet and discuss their idiosyncrasies and their frustrations? Yes. Does some fans say, fuck WWE, go indie, go impact, do this, do that? Absolutely. <coughs> I feel like what you just said is about 90% of what every wrestling fan wants to do about all of the time now. Sorry? <laughs> I feel like everything you just said is exactly what every fan loves to do about 100% of the time now. It, it is what it is. You're going to have those fans. You're going to have those fans who say, you know, I'm not mainstream. I'm totally indie. Dude, indie is professional wrestling. It's yeah. still professional wrestling. It may not be the guys on the TV, but the guys in the indie ring give it all they got, just like the guys in WWE ring give it all they and got. And straight up, those are the guys that are going to be on your TV soon enough. One day, exactly. One day. I mean, and then you know, the people we, smart enough to catch them before they make it. You're a smart cat. All right, we, we were able enough to see Josh Alexander, you know, months ago, almost a year ago now, and uh, boom, he signed to Impact Wrestling. Is he going to make an impact? Damn right he is. Uh, Monster Mafia getting back together. Can't wait to see how that whole storyline is going to unfold. 
It's great. It's absolutely yeah. great. Apparently, him and Ethan Page, they've gone on on their TV tapings. They've won their first match. So, so the fact that like they've already gotten that congratulations to both you guys, and the fact that like I know you're just gonna keep on going up and going up and going up. And Josh has his first, you know, official Impact Wrestling T-shirt available on ProWrestlingTees.com. Yeah. It's a sick shirt. I saw it. I'm debating about pre-ordering it. It just sucks. I got to pay three bucks more for Triple X. Always be my beef. It'll always be my fucking beef, okay? I'll never stop beefing about that. It's bullshit. <laughs> you and your fucking larges and extra larges and go to Hot Topic and buy it off the shelf, and I can't. I work out. <laughs> I, I do, too. I work my out. My thumbs are like rockets, okay? When I'm playing true, 2K19, they're there. When you're playing NBA, dude, it's just that... I'm that, in the zone. Your, your thumbs are just destroyed. I can just see the sweat just dripping <sighs> off the tops of... Just Crunches off the top of your thumbs so much. and just like all the way down your hand and down into your your elbow. Oh, I can totally see it. Well, that's a different kind of sweat, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Anyways. But say what you want to say. You mark out as a fan with these storylines yeah. happen. No matter who at the forefront of the storyline is. You don't care. You just mark out. You're like, I just love wrestling. because I love, I love seeing the impossible become possible. And that's what's great about our business. The impossible does become possible. But for all those fans who went off right off the base next day, Wednesday, and shouted out racism, you're the type of fans that I shake my head at. I put my head down because you can't say that. You can't throw out a statement like that. Okay, so they haven't put in gold on a, on a, on a wrestler of a different ethnicity, uh, heavyweight-wise, in a long time. Okay, Rusev. Bulgarian, U.S. champion, like three times. Shinsuke Nakamura, Japanese, U.S. champion, twice. Yeah. <laughs> Asuka, SmackDown I mean, champion. Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal US was the heavy was and the, the heavyweight, heavyweight champion. champion. And Jinder Mahal <coughs> was the heavy. Stop saying WWE is racist. They're not. They're not. They're, the least ra- they're one of the least racist things on planet Earth. You want to you talk about racism? Uh, talk about everything going on in the world right now, outside of a WWE ring. Yeah. That's a lot of shit. You know, the Me Too movement, all the stuff, that, all the craziness that's happening in the world right now. Yeah. Focus those kind of comments on those situations. The Me Too movement, uh, yeah. you know, Black Lives Matter, all that situations that are going on in the world right now, because those are situations where your opinions, opinions like that, can be validated because there is a lot of crazy shit going on in the world yeah. right now and it sucks it absolutely sucks but for you to sit there and say that this business that we love this sport that we love this sport that we've i've invested 30 plus years of my life into is racism uh-uh you can't do that and you can't take it back you yeah. said it your name's out there i know who you are and i'm sad for you i'm sad for you that you found something to turn something that kids watch my daughter watches this if you just sit there and turn this into a fiasco about skin color is absolutely ridiculous. Oh yeah, isn't uh, isn't Sasha Banks a black girl? Uh, te- the one of the half of the first women's WWE tag team champions, and she's a talented wrestler. She is. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, she does botch a lot of shit, yeah. but she's still talented as hell. Was Becky Lynch of Irish descent not a multiple time? Woman's champion. Yeah, and at a time where Vince McMahon also has gone on record saying that Irish is not exactly the the coolest sounding. Speaking of Irish, Finn Balor, ever. he was the first U uh, Universal champion. The Unfortunately, first Universal he busted his champion. shoulder, and he's also you know two and a half week 
Intercontinental Champion. And Vinny's Vinny's gone on record to literally <coughs> state that that's the reason why a lot of times that when you're, if you're Irish, you don't get a push because he doesn't like the Irish accent. But lately, he's been letting that guard down too. So as far as I'm concerned, well, it's, I'm it's just also like, because you you have to see that he's stepping back. I mean, I saw him on yeah. TV a couple weeks ago. He doesn't look healthy. And he also doesn't look the same. Like he's just, not Vinnie Mac. Just stick up his ass, Vinnie Mac anymore. No, just just... Really, not to say that I know the guy personally in real life, but it really kind of seemed like that a lot of the times. So well, a lot like, of times, let's be honest, we would have wanted to stick. To, we wanted wanted to put the stick up his ass because he was such a dildo. A little bit. We we love Vince McMahon, but we also hate Vince McMahon at the same time. But that's why, because we're wrestling fans, man. Right? We're wrestling fans. This is right. our God given right. But for you to sit there and say company's racist, can't do that. Uh, I, have a fact I just want to throw. First. I just want to throw this out there. Andre the Giant, uh, it's French. It's French. Actually, yeah. could barely speak any English, uh, but he was a multiple-time champion. Um, you know, so is what it is. It, say what you want to say, but to say WWE's racist, uh, I don't know. Mister T, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, Lawrence Terlo, Carlos Colon. There's been so many people of of different colors. Uh, Eddie Guerrero. Rey Mysterio, oh, they're Mexican, right? Yeah. Oh, they've also been champions. Yeah. Whoops. Whoops. Both of them, the world champion. The world champion. But hey, say what you want to say. Throw racism all you want. I'm going to call it what it is. What it is is bullshit. It's not racism. This is the typical underdog storyline. Yeah. It was supposed to be done with Mustafa Ali. He got injured. Kofi Kingston slid in and he sold it very well. And I'm hoping that he has his WrestleMania moment, man. He's the undercard main event. He's the fourth last match to go on. Kudos to Kofi Kingston. Sucks that Mustafa Ali got injured, but kudos to Kofi Kingston because he's doing his job and he's doing it well. No, seriously. And you know seriously. what? If he if he ends up if he ends up winning because he's so hot right now and the fans want it, kudos to him, man. Give yeah. me a month run of Kofi Kingston as a champion because I think he fucking deserves it. Fifteen years grinding. I even thought R Truth deserved it when he had his little program with John Cena. It yeah. didn't work out for him, but R Truth, guy's pushing fifty. Yeah. Uh, how John Cena? How he, John Cena is his idol? So I don't get that. It's like six <laughs> years difference in age, but whatever. <coughs> the fact is, is that you can't say this is racism. You can't just go there. You're not allowed to just go there. Yes, in this day and age, we are because everyone's uber sensitive. And if we get some heat from this episode, I don't even care. The fact is, you can't automatically go there. But once you go there, you can't take it back. So all I can say to this, Kofi Kingston, if you ever listen to this, good luck. I hope WrestleMania is your moment. I hope you get to soak it all in, man. I hope you get to enjoy it. Because you're fighting for the world title. Kudos to you. You were right place, right time, and you sold the match beautifully. Your 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 facial expressions, your move sets, your underdog mentality, the whole nine yards, you sold it. I marked out. I'm cheering for you. I'm cheering for you on, on in the following Sunday a week from now. I'm hoping that things happen for you. But at the end of the day, if they don't, you have your moment. Mm. And that's cool. That's fantastic. But for everyone out there to go racism, stupid. This storyline's been done before. Do your research. Go back. Check the dates I just mentioned out. November 2nd. November 9th. November 16th, 1998. Do your research. Episodes 284, 285, 286 of Raw. That's all I got to say. I'll leave it at that. I even know the numbers because I made sure I wanted to point out these facts. Some of that storyline is eerily similar of Kofi. It wasn't a gauntlet, but it's the same type storyline. Underdog, impossible. Did he become a heel at the end of it? Yes. Yeah. Still, Daniel Bryan. Five years ago. Do your research. Same storyline. Underdog. It happened. This is not a new storyline. This is not a racially motivated storyline. And for anybody out there to think that it is, I feel for you. I'm sad for you. 
I a little bit pity you. Because you don't understand the business. And all you're doing is sucking all the craziness in the world and throwing it on something. Because that's what you keyboard warriors do. You hide behind your computer screens and your keyboards and you talk big and you talk bad. But nobody comes out and says anything in their face anymore. You know what I appreciate in this day and age? A man who can look me in the eyes and say, George, I don't like you. Hmm. And I'll say, hey, I don't like you either. But I respect your opinion. George, I don't like you. You fucking love me. You know you do. That's true. You do. That's what I meant. I don't really like you as much as I just, I absolutely love you. I would give you a hug right now, but I'm sick and I don't want to affect you. I don't want you to infect me either. You might want to make out later. Maybe. All right. Maybe. But you got to buy me dinner first. (laughs) And don't skip out. You're going to supersize a McDonald's this time. No Happy Meals for me. That's cool. You supersized for me the last time. Thank you. That's right. I did. I did. It was a good time. All right. But anyways, guys, that's, that's my portion of this rant. Um, but it's not even really a rant. It's just a statement fact. And the fact yeah. is, is that, uh, Kofi kicks the right place, right time. Congratulations, man. Have your moment. Soak it in. And if you win the title, awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing what you're going to do with it as a champ. I hope the new day, you know, separates and all three of these guys go on to huge single successes because they deserve it. They absolutely 150% all deserve each individual runs because they are talented and gifted on their own. And maybe who knows down the line, five years, 10 years, like DX, we'll see a new day reuniting. That'll be awesome. But for right now, let Kofi have his moment. And I just hope that they do it properly. I hope they do it this Sunday. Kofi comes out as Kofi. Not as Kofi Kingston, member of the Noonday. I just want Kofi to come out as Kofi. I hope they let him, you know, get some new gear for the thing. Maybe bring back the uh, SOS. I would love to hear that entrance theme. Collie Bud's one of my favorite artists. You know? By the way, that song by a white guy. Just throw that out there. I hope that doesn't offend anybody. Awesome reggae artist. If you haven't checked him out, he's on iTunes. Great guy. Great music. But um, that's just, you know, have your moment. Enjoy it. But to all you keyboard warriors out there that just want to find something to bitch at, I feel for you. I'm sorry for you. And I'm sorry for whatever happened to you in your lives. You have to sit there and find something to bitch about and sully the sport I love. It's sad. The world that we live in automatically has to go to something so negative when it's just the great positivity of an underdog storyline. I'm sorry that people still think that things are racist <coughs> when, like, that doesn't exist. That that word doesn't exist. That might offend some people hearing that. But if you look at every possible thing in the world, it's a fact. It's what's going on. It's how things are operational within our societies and a people these days. We don't have any bones in our bodies to look at anybody of color and have any kind of bones or any kind of bears to, to pick with them in any way, shape, or form. There's no reason for any of that. It's just a mythical word that people continue to throw around that in actuality, if people continue to, if people actually do look around, there's a lot of people getting chances in the world. You just gotta, you just gotta, sometimes the opportunities don't find you, you yeah. find the opportunities. Exactly. And sometimes you gotta struggle, sometimes you just get breaks, and you think, man, that guy's lucky. You know what? It's sometimes the opportunity happens when it's supposed to happen. Yeah. I'm not a big believer in faith and religion, but I am a big believer in karma. And I believe that good karma shines on those who deserve it. And bad karma will come to bite you in the ass. But it doesn't necessarily always mean it has to be something negative. It's bullying, racism, all this stuff. We were in a society once where instead of just calling people out through a keyboard, we'd call them out in person. There was times when racial racial things were heat. And what did we have? We had leaders, men who rose above it. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Medgar Evers. They rose above it, found a voice for people who didn't have it, and fought the good fight. And now we have equality. Is it perfect? No. Can it still be fixed? Yes. 
But all we're doing is reverting back to this ultra-sensitive nonsense that we don't need to. Grow backbones, people. Sometimes, as the saying goes, if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say it. But don't automatically take a just an underdog storyline that's been done 20 times over and automatically turn it to that. I'm done. Steve, the floor is yours. <clears throat> Couldn't agree with you more, man. It's uh, it, that that one was. I was actually I was kind of waiting for that to be honest when that uh, when the storyline initially came out. But um, that I, I honestly I could I could go into I could go into all of that. But quite frankly, there was absolutely nothing more that I could say that you didn't just say about it. So like seriously, kudos, man. Um, that that was something that desperately needed to be addressed for for anybody who was any kind of moral backbone whatsoever. Um, and, and keyword really in that of, sentence there is backbone. Yeah. Anybody who has any kind of moral, any kind of backbone whatsoever in you, you'll actually stand up for that and actually really understand the fact that like people are just saying things for the sake of saying things rather than having a fact behind people. So some people in this world don't like facts. That's a scary word for them. Um, but as far as, uh, this whole thing, I, I, I'd done a precursor earlier where I'd made mention of, um, the reason why I really believe that this is kind of uh, a stupid design of the way that this is kind of, that this has been built and the way that this is kind of gone um the reason being for that is because um like any kind of movie like any kind of character like we've met, mentioned of before many 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 a time on the show that if uh, i'm gonna get invested into something um i need to believe it and i need to really believe in what it is that i'm i'm uh, being sold on and uh unfortunately um the thing that i'm not quite sold on with kofi um, is the fact that uh, so far every single bit of everything that I've listened to um, from anybody involving a, on a microphone, it has not, it has had nothing to do with Kofi Kingston. It's all been uh, everything to do with Xavier Woods and Biggie that have just done all the talking for him. He hasn't said he said about one word. Um, actually, he said about twelve of them after they won the uh, the uh, after Biggie and and Xavier won the the match. And then they did a post-interview after uh, Kofi stumbled through it, finding every word to say when it was just a thank you and just trying to trying to thank his guys, really, for going out there and for, for doing what he did for him and for getting him into mania. Um, the other thing, too, that I'm expecting, actually, and this is kind of a side note, is that uh, Vinnie Mac uh, is going to come out, and it's actually not for the title right now. Uh, there's going to be one more thing that Kofi's going to have to do to get into the match and that kind of thing. Because the last thing that they left with at the last uh, SmackDown was uh, Vinnie Mac literally leaving and saying, congratulations, Kofi. It had nothing to do with what kind of a match he was going to be in. He said he was going to be at WrestleMania, but it was one of those, we're swerving the fans again, you know, kind of thing. So I really Which is love, great. I, and great. that's the point of what I love <clears throat> about this. Great. I love the story. I love what they're doing with it. I love the investment. I love all the above. However, what I can't invest in in somebody who I believe is going to be a champion is when I have two other dudes that are over here talking for him every single chance they can possibly get. So you uh, don't like that they're... Sorry to interrupt for a second, but you don't like that they're... Uh, I don't know. Uh, the, it's the only way I can compare it, so don't be offended. Yeah. Uh, the, the Paul Heyman 
yes. to the Brock Lesnar. Yeah. If you're going to go out there and you're going to go be this underdog champion, you're going to go do all the things that Daniel Bryan did, you're going to go do all that stuff. I believe Daniel Bryan because he opened his mouth and he spoke, and I actually understood him. And quite I, quite I, elegantly, actually. I believed him. Yeah. And he's got an incredible mouthpiece when it comes to being able to go out there and spit a great promo. He's still, to this day, is he's so fantastic at going out there. I just there wanted to come out with him. a Captain Planet shirt, man, because I will buy that in a fucking heartbeat. It's phenomenal, dude. He's literally got, he was the same dude that mere months ago people were screaming yes, and now he's got the whole building booing him harder than almost the equivalent to Roman Reigns four but that's, months ago. But that's, and I love it. That's, I what, that's what a great talent is, right? Somebody who can go from face to heel like that, right? And that's the point, is what I'm not getting from Kofi and what I haven't gotten in years and what actually brings me back to uh, all them years ago when he was doing tags. If people fail to understand about Kofi Kingston, uh, I was a big Kofi Kingston investor. Kofi Kingston was one of my favorites of all time back then. Um, watching him, all his, all his grooming up. What's back then? What's back then? Uh, 2011, 2012. Yeah, 2011, like 2012. Right around the, 2011 the... is about that time when he debuted on ECW. Um, and then he moved up. And he was doing his thing on main roster, but he was able to uh, show off his Jamaican, his whole Jamaican character and everything like that, up all the way up until the point where he got found out. On <laughs> he, he, he was on Raw and he started spitting his normal accent, and then Trips called him out on Triple H called him out on it in, in the middle of a promo. Um, but however, up until that point, the problem with Kofi, what was happening, was after he dropped his accent and then he went to his what his accent, his current accent, his normal accent that he just normally talks with all the time. Um, the, 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 that when he switched to his normal accent, what I noticed was that um, every single thing that he ever did, there was no charisma to really back anything up. And unfortunately, they had to do what they do with Cesaro and Sheamus, and they would stick him with a partner, and they would stick him with people that unfortunately would be the mouthpieces and would carry him and would actually carry the promos for him. Um, when he's champion, he's going to have to go out there and he's going to have to talk a lot, and he's going to have to open his mouth a lot. And unfortunately... I haven't seen one bit of charisma in any bit of anything that they have done in the New Day besides the fact of, once again, Xavier and Big E. That's why they are talking for him now because he couldn't talk for himself then. And unfortunately, it's uh, this thing. um, I get it. I, I love Kofi's in ring. I think it's amazing. I think it's great. I love his storytelling. He is the best technician. He he is, and then also um, I I actually have to give it up for Xavier Woods because he constantly constant he constantly tries to reinvent almost a new move every single time you watch him in the ring. It's almost like he tries to do something different. Same with Big E's powerhouse, and then there's uh, and then there's um, then there's Kofi that they kind of put in the back burner. And if you notice, for most of the tag run that they had, it was also. Kofi, it was also Xavier and Biggie for the majority of well, Xavier and Xavier and Kofi would take turns being on the outside because remember Xavier always had the trumpet, so he was on the outside for a lot. That's true, and I, That's I also true. think because he was injured. That actually, you're right. <clears throat> so I take that back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, the, that uh, Kofi, he did do quite a bit in terms of the the actual in ring work. He when worked you go a lot back harder. to any promo, I went back to a lot of promos. This research I did do. I went back to a lot of promos. Oh, Xavier and, did all and, the talking. And it, and it was all Xavier. It was always Big E and uh, a little bit of Kofi every now and again. Yeah, I um, quip here or there. And straight up, uh, what sold me the most, what undersold me the most, was when they literally got to a rap battle between the two of them, between the Usos and the New Day. And uh, when Kofi was trying to do an example of explaining uh, hexagon, was trying to do an example of explaining octagons is what he meant to explain in his rap battle of epicness. 
he switched that to hexagons, and because of the fact that he fucked up a hexagon over an octagon, you literally can't find that online anywhere because the promo's so bad. Um, almost like Lucha Thing? Almost, it's it's pretty on par with Lucha Thing. Um, and, and, and even even everybody in the ring, they were all looking at each other and going like, I don't know where this guy's going with this, and I don't know what's going on here, and it was it was very, very, very befuddling to a lot of people. Oh, so the hexagon, hexagons are complicated. Right? Seven-sided object. Seven-sided object is apart from, apart from eight-sided object. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, um, I, I just, I, I, there, there's not enough for me to sit here and go, Kofi Kingston is going to WrestleMania and he's going to win the big one and blah, 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 and all that stuff. You, as you far hope as I'm for it, but, you know. I hope for it. I think, it's, I think it's good. I think it's good for the company. I think it's great for in terms of having a really small fry like Kofi Kingston being able to go in there and having the two small dudes. That I think it's great for business in terms of having the two smallest dudes. Yeah, instead of the big man right body now. type, right? The and big guys, right? Exactly. And not having this these huge monsters going in there. And at best, you have... Brock Lesnar. Other than that, in like these main events, you have literally Seth Rollins, you're Kofi Kingston in the conversation, and you have Daniel Bryan, and you have these small guys that are essentially like I, I watched the when I was watching the Elimination Chamber match, I was watching Jeff Hardy in it, and I was thinking to myself, "Wow, you were champion in '06, and you were the first guy that paved the way, literally for you're this small guy for you're right. this. You're right. What we're watching today, yeah. and how many of them are, are capable of doing what they're doing right now, and I think it's fantastic. I think it's absolutely amazing. I think just in the context of just a character for me to buy into, and and, and all of which of okay, it's great now." But God damn it, you gotta give this guy a mic later on, and you gotta give him time after, and you gotta you gotta watch these these muscles that he's never held a title flex. And unfortunately, I feel like it's gonna be a little cringeworthy after everything that I've really watched before. And I think it's great for a thing that's happening now, but I really don't see this going into a, a future. You know what thing. though? They've done it before, where a guy who has no mic skills, i.e. Jinder Mahal, absolutely, he held the title for sixty days, absolutely. So can somebody who has no mic skills hold a title? Yes. Can they hold it for a long run? No. Will this be an opportunity for a title to change hands? Who knows? Because Daniel Bryan was not supposed to work a full-time schedule. No, absolutely. So we don't. We, we, we never really know 100% what's going behind the scenes. All we know is kayfabe. All we know is what, what the internet tells us. And a lot of times what the internet tells us is bullshit. Absolutely. And straight up, this could be, honestly, the 100% of this could actually be just literally a New Day split. And it has nothing to do with the title. It has nothing to do with so any of that. So let's go with it's that. literally just, as far as I'm concerned, I really just genuinely believe this is just one big out. To Now now we've got the out. Mustafa's injured. Holy crap. Now we can put Kofi in here. We've been trying to find a way to, to exalt these guys. To, to be trying to find a way to split then, these okay, guys up. Now we got it. Let me pose another question to you. Want to talk about New Day split for a second? Let's go in that direction. If you've got a chance to put a split, why out of all three... Put the one guy who doesn't have the total package. Yeah, and that to and because of the fact of him being such the underdog and him being in for fifteen years and him having that 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 reputation behind him and everything like that. Which, by the way, that's why I don't really I don't really like this storyline because of the fact that I'd never mentioned I'd never heard him a whiff once ever from anyone other than maybe from when he was first starting and and things like that. I've never heard one whiff of anyone 
they to saying in any way, shape, or form Kobe they would like to see Kofi get a title shot or anything like that up until this point came around. And also with Kofi being 15 years it took me to get here. I've never heard him once get on a promo and be like, I want a title shot. I deserve this. I've been working really hard. I think I should get this. Like, I've never heard him once do that either. So as far as I'm concerned, I think this is a very, a very strange uh, set of circumstances to be throwing upon people to be making us believe in something that unfortunately you literally just did this like a month ago. <laughs> so if in going with the New Day split, if you were the writer, yeah, who would you choose? When Mustafa Ali was injured, yes, out of all three, who would you have put in it? I, I straight up, I would have put Xavier in it. I would have put Xavier in it. I myself would have put Big E just because I think Big E. I think Big and E. And I feel like Big E. Well, I, I thought about it. I thought about it at anyway. Royal Rumble. I mean, that was yeah. my one of my Royal Rumble dark horse predictions was Big E. Yeah. Because I I really thought the guy had the guy. He's one of the dudes that I could see him and Brock Lesnar main eventing WrestleMania because they are literally both beasts. Yeah. And the great thing about Big E is that he's a beast, but he's hilarious, but he's humble. Yeah, he's got that whole package, but he's also got that like, don't don't fuck with me. I'll snap your neck like a fucking twig, and I won't feel bad about it. And then I'll stomp on your face and get pissed off at you for making blood on my boots. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's I that's how I look at Biggie. I look at Biggie as, as, as I, I, when they do separate. If this is a way to get them to separate, I want Biggie to go heel because I think Biggie is a heel. Ooh, I'm getting chills. It's dangerous. Biggie is a heel. Shut up and take my money. Yeah, and like that's where you know I'm, kinda, I mean? I'm, I'm seeing is like they're they're his Kofi's two buddies that are doing all these great things for him and that are trying really hard to like do all this great stuff for. His I buddy. think it may just. I think I think you're right. I think maybe Tuesday. Yeah. One of them may may turn their back on him, and one of them may punch their tickets instead. There's a lot maybe. of options to the way this storyline's gonna roll. Maybe. But the fact now is, you got three of them. It went from one guy to now you got three of them because they're all in the conversation, right? They did the work exactly. for him, but they're like, hey, wait a minute, we did the work for you. Why are we? Fuck that. And they could... It, there's a, a lot of ways the storyline can go. Exactly. What's interesting about the storyline is that for a first time as a WWE fan, at, with, uh, <coughs> excuse me, with this subpar WrestleMania and how bad the promotion has been, how bad the match card is shaping up to be, Yeah. this is the one storyline where I'm intrigued to see the ending. I'm, no, I, I, I'm ready to go all the way to the end with this storyline just to see how it plays out. And uh, this is the one storyline in WrestleMania... That I really want to see culminated. Also that and Charlotte Flair fighting twice in one night. I mean, does she have the stamina to, you know, defend her title and then go on a triple threat? I'm intrigued by it. Yeah. But I also want to see Rousey get her face kicked in. Yeah. I, I really do. I want to see Ronda Rousey have a match. Because I haven't seen her have one since last year. Uh, since WrestleMania last year. Yeah. Since, and that's since. literally only because of the fact that they went over that match like 50 times. Or like 150 times yeah. before they did it. And then, have you seen a match like that since? No, no but, but also don't forget who she was in the ring with. I mean, Triple H and, and Kurt Angle. I mean, these are these are goats. These are ring generals. These are guys who know the business. Yeah, whereas you could tell that they <laughs> literally spent a lot of time crafting the story behind the match and everything like that, where it's just like cool ever since then. You've seen Ronda Rousey arm drag. Well, <laughs> Ronda just Rousey, like, just arm like drag. you were so excited to see Kurt, who Kurt Angle was going to be facing at WrestleMania, you were thinking, shit, man, what if this is the, the match for The Undertaker? Because we haven't seen Undertaker on the card, yeah. right? Kurt Angle, Undertaker? I mean, yeah, they're two really, really old guys. But... Yeah, but Kurt Angle and the Dumpster Wolf? Like, man, that's that's going to be a barn burner. I would have even liked Kurt Angle. I would have even liked Kurt Angle and John Cena over Kurt Angle and the Dumpster Wolf. I don't think Baron Corbin has it in him. 
You know what? I actually just like for for a second, just to just to touch on that for a second. Don't be a pessimist a, because that is a huge topic of conversation. That is a besides Kofi Kingston. Okay, are we officially is, wrapped on Kofi though? Is I Kofi feel, done? I feel like we're. Do we like, say what we need to say about I feel Kofi? Like, I feel like I'm legitimately wrapped on Kofi Kingston. I don't really have much more to to, to, to say on it. All I'm I want to say like is I'll be rambling if I go on. For well, I I think we we said it for the most part. All I want to say is that you know what? Again, all you keyboard warriors out there. I feel for you. I pity you. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I'll, I'll let you have your literally one minute on Baron Corbin, and I don't want to hear any more about him. No, I think actually Baron Corbin is actually going to put it. This is going to be, this is actually going to throw people for a loop because of how much people have heard me like go on rants about this guy of wanting him fired. You have um, flip flopped quite a bit on the Baron Corbin stigma. I hated Baron Corbin because of everything he stood for before, how slow this guy was, how much of a lack of everything this guy had in terms of mic work, blah, 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 you name it. This guy sucked on every level. But then, still think he does. as of late, I've noticed that, wow, there's, there's somebody going off the rope, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes Baron Corbin running into the camera shot and giving this guy this crazy fast deep six and then running underneath the rope to go clothesline this guy and then jumping out the ring to go hammer that guy i've been watching this guy literally like go on a tear of trying to get faster and trying to get more and trying to work harder and trying to actually even up his game on mic skills in terms of how much can i make these people boo the crap out of me even more out of this building by the time i'm done talking they hated me before i started talking they're gonna hate me 10 times more by the time i'm done I've been watching so this think, guy. You literally, think Baron Corbin versus I mean, it's not. Let's be honest here. It's not going to be match of the night. No, it's not going to be match of the night. But I, I, I promise you, I think Baron Corbin's actually going to do a really good job. I think. <laughs> I never thought in a million years I would ever say that. Up until about a, a month ago, after really watching his work and reviewing his work and and really getting a chance to actually see how really not only flawless when it comes to the way that he's maneuvering the individual that he's maneuvering in terms of either throwing him across the ring or whatever the case. But god damn, this guy's getting faster. He's just getting lucha fast when it comes to some of the stuff that he's trying to get to. And it's it's the same as like Hangman Page. Him and Hangman are pretty much in the same boat of like you both once kind of really sucked, but now you've got this just just this this thing that I actually kind of really want to watch. Well, I think I think Hangman always had a little bit more potential than Baron Corbin. I'll be honest with you. A little bit. If I if somebody said to me, you know, you got a chance to pick one of these guys as a champion, who do you want? Hangman Page. Yeah. I don't even have to. I don't have to blink. Hangman totally. Page. Give a title to this guy. There's a little bit more charisma in, in, in Hangman's <laughs> yeah. pinky going on, and yeah. Hangman's entire body than what Corbin's got in his pinky. Right. So. Um, but yeah, bottom, bottom line is, uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's actually going to turn people's heads a, a, a little bit. And there's actually a reason why they really genuinely did pick that. All right. Well, that's it for today. Uh, I want to say this much, uh, the Kofi Kingston debate, will it end? Will it go the right way? Who knows? Weigh your thoughts in. We'd like for your comments, your shout outs. Hey, tell us that you hated everything we had to say. And you think we're idiots. You, there's a lot of keyboard warriors out there. Maybe we have some followers. Let yeah. us know. Let us know exactly what you're thinking. Good, bad. I don't care. I just want to hear it. So it's all good for me, but uh, uh, next week, again, we will be dropping another one of our interviews. We got, ooh, episode 78, man. Kobe Durst will be dropping next week, 7.30 on all our platforms. Speaker, Stitcher, iTunes, Google, Spotify, uh, Sonos, I'm missing one. Google Play Music. I said Google. Oh, yes. Uh, iHeartRadio. Radio. That's the one. Thank you. iHeartRadio. So I'll be okay. dropping High next five. week. We got yeah, it together. We got it together. Yeah. That's why there's two of us. Um, yeah, so that'll be dropping next week. Week after that, we'll be dropping Holden Albright. And week after that, we'll be dropping Black Lavender, Lionel Knight, baby. Love it. It'll be great. And then after that, uh, you know what? Hey, surprise. We'll let you know. 
We'll let you know what we're doing. Maybe we go live. Maybe we have another one pre-recorded. We don't know. We'll let you know. But the next couple of weeks, we're going to do our research, put our heads down, and get into this. But enjoy these interviews. They'll be dropping week after week after week. And uh, next week, did we decide? Are we going? Are we doing a WrestleMania pre-show? Are we yes. Doing Sunday? We are. Yes. We're going to do a WrestleMania pre-show on Sunday. Uh, we'll do that at 2 o'clock? 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock. 2 o'clock to 3.30. You're going to go 90 minutes. 90 yeah. minutes, maybe an hour. Short sweet. 2, 3.30. We'll be going live, and we'll be going live for the first time on YouTube. Yes. We'll be rocking it out on Facebook, and we'll be rocking it out on Instagram. So don't forget to follow us on there. We want your shout-outs, your comments, your opinions. All of it. Any questions, all of it. Just let us let us know, guys. As always, I'm your host, George McKay. I'm Steve the Animal Mitchell. And don't forget, next week, episode 78, Kobe Durst. That's it, guys. Enjoy your Friday, and, uh, man, enjoy your Friday, and, uh, SOS, and I can't sing it. I can't. I can't do it. All right, I'm done. All right, give me shout out. Uh, yeah, no, I can't do it. Fucking right. SOS. All right, guys. Peace. <laughs> Take it easy. We up. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Catch us every Wednesday at 7:30 on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Also, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms. Facebook and Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling and Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. Wrestling! Oh, give me a go. You're gonna do it, man. No. What you just said, I right.